When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what's up, guys and girls? Welcome in GC Live. It's a Thursday episode. I'm Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. Uh, returning back to action after a couple of days off from the show. This will probably be, I don't know, maybe the norm for, for the most part. We'll, we'll hop in uh, when we can, hop in when there's a lot of stuff going on. But for the most part, won't be five days a week like we do during the season. But uh, still plenty to talk about here on GC Live, which is, of course, brought to you by our good buddy Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, clinthammond.com. 803-771-6933 is how you can get in touch with Clint or you can shoot him an email, chammond at mortgagenetwork.com, NMLS number 71597. Clint, of course, the branch manager there at the Mortgage Network right across from Dreher High School here in Columbia, South Carolina. If you're in the market for a new home, give Clint a shout, or if you just want to refinance, see what your options are, Clint can take care of that as well. Uh, Recruiting-centric show today, I imagine we'll probably take some of your questions too. But um, I will I will go ahead and I guess just get this out of the way. No, nothing new to say right now at all on offensive coordinator, you know, assistant coaches, any of that stuff. As of what it's two fifteen p.m. right now, Thursday afternoon. I I got nothing to add. I mean, I I I don't I don't know really if anybody has a great sense right now, Chris, for exactly what's going to happen there. So let's just go ahead and get that out there right off the bat. I'm sure we'll be asked about it. We we really can't we can't post about anything on the site right now uh, that's recruiting oriented even without it naturally coming back to what's going to happen with South Carolina's offense coordinator situation right now. Still appears that there is no answer there. Yes, no no answer. We're tracking. We'll bring news if there is news. Uh, obviously hot topic. Some people are getting angry at us for not reporting something. We can't make something happen. We will report it as it happens for sure. So appreciate everybody bearing in. Nothing new to report. And along those same lines, Wes, so that we can talk about recruiting and other things, there's nothing new with Shane Beamer in Oklahoma. Saw our man John Macri here on the Primal Gourmet chat line via YouTube, Shane leaving, Shane staying. There's no indication that Shane Beamer is leaving for Oklahoma. And in fact, since I told this story, I actually told this story, I think, on 107.5 The Game the other day, Wes. It's been so busy, I don't even remember where I said things. I think I said this. I know I said it publicly somewhere. I was at the Irmo basketball game the other night. <clears throat> Shane Beamer and Clayton White there, the defensive coordinator. They were there watching Nick Emanwari. He doesn't play for Irmo's basketball team, but he did get an award at halftime. He was selected to the North-South game. So they were there watching. And – uh First thing Shane Beamer did, by the way, he walked in the door and got popcorn at at, uh, at the Irma game. And somebody stopped him in the hall at halftime right after Nick's ceremony and said, I didn't catch the first part of what the fans said, but basically said something along the lines of, don't leave for Oklahoma. We want you to stay here. Don't leave. Beamer's response was, I don't want to leave. I don't want to, and as long as they'll have me. So, there you go. Exclusive scoop. Seriously, though, every indication is, has Oklahoma, like, had some interest in Shane Beamer? Is he on the list? I don't have any reason to doubt that. Um, But Beamer is a guy that kind of 
you know, is genuine. And so when he gets up and says, this is his dream job, this is where he wants to be, that is the case. And so every single thing publicly and privately points to that fact. So just want to drive that home, the show opening. Didn't mean to kill the recruiting vibe. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way so that we can move on to the other matters. Yeah, and I, as I pointed out, maybe this was Monday, Chris, I, I don't really think it's a bad thing if uh, your head coach has been mentioned, even as like, you know, a, a top five situation. If he's just being on, if he's on the hot board at a place like Oklahoma, that means people outside of the little bubble we all live in, people are taking notice of, of what he's done at South Carolina. That means he's well-respected for the job he did at Oklahoma as well. It, it kind of reminds me how, you know, we, we heard this little anecdote uh, way back during the Carolina coaching search that people who were around during the Shane Beamer um, assistant coaching tenure thought at the time, hey, this guy looks like a future head coach. Um you know, he was very young at that time, probably wasn't ready at that time, but that he had the makings of being a head coach in the future. I'd imagine people at Oklahoma just watching the way he carried himself um, during his time there had, had the same thoughts, and that, that's why he's on the list for them. Is there any indication, though, as Chris said, that Beamer would leave? Is there any indication that Beamer has, like, emerged as some top priority target either? N- not really. So um, pretty much I would say every single sign we have points to Shane Beamer still being South Carolina's head football coach, whether it is, uh, you know, Venables at Oklahoma, whether it's uh, someone else, uh, Dan Landing seems to have some, a little bit of traction there at, uh, you know, Georgia's defense quarter has a little bit of traction at Oklahoma. It seems like I'm, I'm leaning, you know, on the reporting from all the Oklahoma sites. That's not, that's not me. Uh, you know, and, and let's be honest, dude, the the agent world will sort of muck up the reporting with this stuff as well. We uh, we had to go. We personally waded through the waters. Actually, this time last year. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. May, maybe exactly this time last year because the seat. I'm trying to think because the season was shifted forward due to COVID. Um, so obviously the Beamer. Hire happened right after the final game, but it's December fifth, I think. Yes, yeah, so we we were wading through those very waters this time last year. I mean, literally yesterday, Dabo Sweeney's name was getting mentioned on Oklahoma sites in connection with that job. Why? So, I mean, that that's where we are already. <laughs> In the Oklahoma, we've we've progressed to that phase, the Dabo Swinney phase already. Man, we're we're already there, uh, dude. That was fun. What do what do you think when you look back now at the coaching search? That was fun, right? I I, I don't I don't have it in me for another one, and so fortunately, we're not going to have another one for at least this year, probably for a while. That was fun, right? It, it was tiring. It was, it was fun. It was fun. There's a lot of eyeballs on Gamecock Central and on GC Live for that as well. So. That part was really cool. Um, let's see. There was another question I wanted to hit on. Uh, you know, and it, here's the thing, man. All right, let, we're, we're talking recruiting, right? Shifting to recruiting. But so South Carolina, actually, probably right now, as we as we go live, as we were as we record this, um, Austin Stogner should be on South Carolina's campus right now. Have not confirmed that he. 100% undeniably has made it to Columbia, but supposed to be at South Carolina Thursday and Friday for a visit. Um, but there's been this just like sense that it's an absolute stone cold lock. And I've, I've had so many people tell me on our message board, oh, this guy's committed to South Carolina. Okay, guys, pump, pump the brakes on that. Just because one person has predicted the guy to go to South Carolina on what is a tracking system of the transfer portal, we will call it. It's not the official transfer portal. It is a representation of what is in the transfer portal. Just because somebody's predicted South Carolina doesn't mean the kid has committed to South Carolina. 
So, you know, and unless something has changed in the last, you know, whatever, six hours, he is, he is not privately or publicly committed to South Carolina. Now, Chris, do the Gamecocks have a pretty good story to sell here when you look at A, the prior relationship with Shane Beamer, B, the fact you're losing Nick Muse from this current team. You know, I, I think it sets up pretty well for the Gamecocks. Now, that said, I know you posted, dude, there's, there's going to be some real competition for this kid as well because he's a really talented player. Yeah, I think uh, a couple nights ago it was, I believe, Wes, I, I was told that Stogner got 30 or 40 calls from schools, which, um, you know, it pro- probably has only gone up from there. So um, someone, Andy Clem, points out Utah players tweeting at Stogner. So Arizona State, Stanford, um, there are a bunch of schools, you know, that are after this kid or that are going to be after this kid. And so uh, physically very gifted. And you're right, great sales point for South Carolina because this is not just a random school coming after him. There is a prior relationship with Shane Beamer. One common theme that we know is that people who have been associated with Shane Beamer in the past or played for him at other stops tend to overwhelmingly like him a lot and and like what he's about as a coach and as a person. So that gives you a familiarity level. You step up, you know, stay at a high level in the SEC. You're going to play great competition week in and week out. And then, of course, the fact that South Carolina, as you pointed out, has an opening. Nick Muse, West, I think it was in the Clemson game, even though it didn't go well. You look at how much he played. I think he played every snap in that game. And most games, Nick Muse pulled down tons of snaps. You know, now we all know we don't have to get into the offensive production, but that that leaves a big void because Nick Muse is a super senior. He's not back next year. South Carolina's got some guys on this roster like a Trey Kenyon, Jaheim Bell, Stogner has his own unique skill set and could certainly – uh, pull down a lot of playing time. Super tall kid, super, uh, I would say, wide catch radius, make some plays. It, it is kind of funny when you go to other sites and just look at, you know, the, the reaction. The reaction to Oklahoma sites was, hey, this guy was completely misused in, in this offense. And, you know, it's like, you see that, obviously, South Carolina's had their offensive struggles this year, but Oklahoma over the years done a pretty good job of putting up some points. And it just goes to show you, you actually see some of the same arguments, you know, th- throughout the country, throughout the different fan bases, uh, regardless of, of output. Um, you know, I, I saw, uh, <laughs> I, I saw when, when it was sort of, I guess, announced or reported that, um, that Garrett Riley was probably going to be, leaving SMU as well to go to TCU, there were some SMU people going, like, that were happy about it on Twitter was their response. And I'm like, didn't their offense put up, like, loads of yards and points? Lots. Well, yeah. and they, you know, they didn't. Here's what it comes down to. They played, like, what they do against Cincinnati, like 14 points or something against Cincinnati, who's, by the way, undefeated. And right now in the college football playoff, unless things change, you know, so you're only as good as what you did last. And so SMU, they, they did pretty well there, Wes. They're pretty good. Yeah, that, that is very good. Um, all right. So we talked about Stogner. Let's, uh, let's talk about some fresh news. Uh, Camden Brown confirms official visit South Carolina December 10th. Um, Justin Stepp was at his house for an in-home earlier this week. Sounds like that must have gone pretty well. Decommitted from Pitt. Still some other schools involved here, Arizona State involved, Auburn involved, but an official visit to South Carolina now on the books. At at the end of that in-home, you know, I asked him, hey, have you said an official yet? Had not happened. Now it has happened. Um, that obviously has got to be a pretty good sign. For, for South Carolina and, and their progress they're making with Camden Brown as they look. Obviously, we all know, and we'll get to Antonio Williams in a second. Antonio Williams is kind of the guy that everybody wants to talk about. He's been the top target really um, throughout this thing. You, you know, the Carolina's going to go the distance with him. But um, obviously, they need, they need receivers. This is another one that I think officially you can say 
you want to be keeping an eye on. No doubt, man. And, and his recruitment was really interesting. You know, committed, what, in the summer to Pitt. But then you saw Florida State get involved. You saw South Carolina get involved. The previous staff had recruited Camden Brown some, did not have an offer out. And then Justin Stepp, they eventually stepped in with an offer. You know, Shane Beamer, Justin Stepp, those guys. Um, Stepp, like you said, man, down at, in South Florida the other day to meet with him. Um, he's been entertaining a lot of coaches. I know you touched base with Camden today, Wes. I did too. He told me his phone has been blowing up, um, especially since he decommitted publicly from Pittsburgh. It, what this was all about was could Pitt hang on and could they get him to sign early? Well, now he's decommitted. My assumption, Wes, is he's not going to sign early now because he's got visits stacked up. So Auburn, South Carolina, you'd have to figure Florida State still in the mix here. But this is a guy who, you know, really has progressed. A lot of people have seen this kid play junior year, senior year. He's continued coming along, so he's got size talent-rich program down there uh, that he plays for in South Florida. And so this one's going to be really interesting. No doubt South Carolina's got a good story to sell in terms of playing time at receiver, too. Kind of similar to Stogner, where they've got a spot that's kind of wide open for a guy. There are spots, plural, you know, certainly in the wide receiver room. Yeah, and you see right there that picture, just how tall he is. I don't think I realized how how tall of a kid he is, but he's obviously had a a big senior year and has emerged and – um, would be a nice get. I, I think, I think the interesting thing to watch down the stretch of this thing, Chris, is going to be how how do the final scholarships sort of get split up across the board? Uh, you know, where where is it going to go to a high school kid? Where is it going to be about um, you know, a, a transfer portal guy? Is it is it transfer portal guys we're already talking about? Is it guys that sort of come a little bit out of nowhere? You remember some some of them last last off season were you know we're, we're kind of obvious or, or were guys we were really tracking pretty closely um you know J, uh, Jason Brown EJ Jenkins it became pretty clear after they went in the portal South Carolina was involved and in fact I think people were sort of waiting 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 when are they going to commit type thing other guys uh kind of popped up a little bit out of nowhere and and committed from kind of a uh, little more under under the radar type places so we'll see how that shakes out this time um uh, Gamecocks, I believe we can say Chris officially will probably not get the news they want on Jalen Sneed. Um, you know, with, with the decision for, for Notre Dame to keep Marcus Freeman and, and promote him to head coach. Sneed, I mean, y- you would sort of imagine Sneed doesn't come out as strongly as he did prior to Freeman getting the job, basically saying, you know, if, if Freeman doesn't get the job, I'm going to open my recruitment. Um, I want to play for him. I want to play for him at Notre Dame. Those are pretty strong on-the-record statements. Uh, to me, I, I think you almost kind of lock this thing up for Snead to Notre Dame. Yeah, and that that was going to be the key for South Carolina. You know, Now, look, the, the Gamecock coaching staff, when they got here, Shane Beamer's staff, they had so much work to do with Snead just to get him on campus. And even that didn't happen for a long time, right, until this football season. And so you're playing way from behind, and it's a long shot, um, even before Snead had committed to Notre Dame. And so then he's committed. You're playing catch-up. You're trying to get him on campus and sell him on staying home. And there were some things maybe in South Carolina's corner, but also a lot of things not in South Carolina's corner, including that long-standing commitment to Notre Dame. And so – Marcus Freeman's been a key cog here. He was a one of the big reasons that Snead committed to Notre Dame in the first place. And then we saw this public campaign, you know, Snead, Drake Bowen, a really good linebacker in the 2023 class, and several others that are committed to Notre Dame publicly, you know, vouching for him. Uh, we know Freeman had a lot of support behind the scenes in South Bend. And as we've seen, Wes, part of Freeman's plan, it appears, was to keep the staff that's done a really good job there at Notre Dame together because we're seeing Tommy Reese and several others are Mike Elston, someone who's coached with, with Brian Kelly for a long time. They're staying in South Bend. They're not going to LSU with Brian Kelly. So seems like a, a good stable option. I think very highly of Marcus Freeman myself, but uh, I think the ideal situation for South Carolina here would have been for Freeman to get like a group of five job or something like that. He would have been in the mix for Duke if he didn't get the Notre Dame job. 
is so strong with Snead that I wouldn't have been surprised if Snead would have looked at Duke if Friedman would have gotten that job. You know, so um, bummer for South Carolina in that instance um, because Snead's really good, man. He's really good. But, uh, it, you know, playing from behind and, and made the best run they could at it, given the circumstances. Yeah, well, Clayton White, um, I, I think you got to give him credit, man. He he hung in there, sort of went the distance with it. Uh, th- there were there were probably really opportunities there where you could have just said, uh, this ain't happening. We're not even going to mess with this. We're not going to waste our time. Um, you remember Snead actually didn't even have Carolina in his top five at, at one point that he came out with, the public top five. Really, I think that he pro- Carolina probably ended up, not that it gives you any, um, not that it makes you feel better right now, but Carolina probably ended up finishing second, I, I think. So uh, if you just sort of look at how it played out at the end, uh, th- these days you have to keep building those relationships and those, you know, it's not like it used to be where if you miss on a kid, you maybe never come across them again. These days, um, sometimes those relationships come in handy down, down the road, as we see with the, the transfer portal with, uh, with Stogner, for example. So no I, I think, uh, you, you got to maintain relationships, how you treat people, how you treat the kids, even after they're committed somewhere else matters. So, uh, you know, not, not that anybody, I know it, it doesn't help at all. Like Sneed would have for, for Carolina fans, they'd love to see Sneed dressed up in the garnet and black, but still some credit. Uh, it's worth giving the credit for, for them hanging in there. And that kid, honestly, he's my favorite prospect in the state for that class. Like he, I, I think he's easily the best player um, in the state for that class and would have probably come in and, and had a great shot to start for South Carolina right off the bat. Speaking of linebackers, speaking of Clayton White, uh, South Carolina with another very important in-home visit tonight. They'll be going in with Stone Blanton, Mississippi linebacker, committed to Mississippi State for baseball, but still has seemed very open to, to hearing what other schools have to say on the football side of things. I'll be curious to see coming out of that visit what we start hearing. Obviously, you know, if we interview Stone, it's going to be all positive stuff. It's going to be – it's going to go well, right? Like all, all of his in-homes, well. I'm sure – Yeah, it'll go super well. <laughs> all of his in-homes will go super well with all the schools uh, because he's a really nice, polite kid, has a good time, has good relationships with everybody after him. I'll be curious to see what feedback we get, though, these next two weeks leading into early signing day because I think Carolina has has at least stayed on his mind. At, at one point, it looked like Carolina was fading. In my opinion, as T asked there on our Promagourmet chat line, what are the chances? I don't know if I can answer what the chances are, because I don't think I know. But I think they're in it. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I, I certainly think they're in it. Um, I, I totally agree with your assessment. They South Carolina really seemed like it has slipped to the point where, you know, un- unless we're told a kid is not going to South Carolina West, we don't write them off. So I don't want to be overly kind of exaggerate when I say that, but. I kind of, in my mind, just go, I really you know, don't, just don't see him ending up in Columbia. Not to say that I do now, but certainly uh, things have picked up to where they're legitimately in the mix and they're one of three that you're tracking. You know, you're still tracking Ole Miss, still tracking Mississippi State, you're still tracking the Gamecocks. And uh, Mississippi State, Mike Leach, Zach Arnett, their defensive coordinator, another coach or two from the Bulldogs staff, already been in. They spent their in-home early this week, I think Monday, for Stone Blanton. He's still committed there for baseball. Ole Miss in the mix. They're recruiting several other linebackers too, which creates maybe an interesting dynamic. And we know that Blanton's been a longtime target for South Carolina. So uh, after that summer visit that went so well to Columbia, it kind of maybe wore off, for lack of a better term. But once South Carolina was able to get him back on campus this season and, and recently, you know, things have picked up a little bit more to where, at the very minimum, you're giving them a tough decision. But here's the key, Wes. I mean, this is a Mississippi kid, already committed to one of the in-state programs for one sport, and you may be in position to where you have to beat two in-state schools for him and get him to leave the state. So uh, that's going to, you know, create an interesting dynamic. But South Carolina is making a run and would be a good get. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, and as I – you see the senior film right here for on the video version of the show. 
Chris, I I don't know, man. I, I think he's probably a really good fit for Mississippi State baseball. Um, you know, at the, at the same at the same time, I don't I don't know. Like you said, Le- Leach already went in home. Mike Leach is a different dude. Like I, he's got a different personality. You, you don't. I don't think a defense when I think of Mike Leach. Now they they do actually have a really good defensive coordinator um, at, at Mississippi State now. So you know may, maybe may, maybe I'm overthinking the the Leach factor, but there is that little part of me, and maybe maybe I'm even like thinking more along the lines of of a fan here than anything, and and how. People hold on to every single action and put a lot of times, you know, fans will put meaning behind action that doesn't necessarily exist. But there is that there is that little voice in the back of my head, Chris. It's like, okay, he's been committed to Mississippi State baseball for a long, long time. It it is a little bit newsworthy to me that he has never actually committed to Mississippi State football as well like publicly it's a good point you know like why even if you're going to take some visits and stuff why make it official on the baseball side but just hold off you know on on the football side yeah it's a good point and we'd have to go back to we'd have to call in colin taylor to get him to to go over the baseball timeline of you know baseball recruiting man obviously a different animal personally i'm glad that you and I stick to football recruiting. I don't want any part of hoops recruiting. Yeah. Really. We'll step in when we can. Uh, and I don't want any part of baseball recruiting. The kids commit when they're like 11 years old. Uh, it's just a different animal, dude. So, you know, baseball recruiting certainly being early, but that is interesting. That is interesting. And I think football, it didn't come along late for Stone, but in terms of scholarship offers, interest, that can lag behind baseball a little bit just because of the nature of development, the game, and how recruiting is handled in both of those sports. And so his actions have obviously been that he's he's continued looking around for a really long time. And the actions have shown that uh, he's been pretty engaged with the Gamecocks lately. So I don't want to paint a picture where there's some kind of unreasonable expectation or to create the impression that South Carolina is like in the lead here or something. I don't know that. I couldn't say that. What we do know is they definitely, you know, have a seat at the table here as things progress into the month of December. You you watching this film, by the way? Oh, yeah. I've been watching it. I've watched it. He's he a is, physical he's kid. Physical. Yeah, he's a physical, you know, in-the-box kind of kid. I actually call one of his games. He had a nationally televised game. Uh, on ESPN earlier this year, play I can't remember who they played. A really good team, so his team I don't believe won. But he's he's a really good, tough kind of an old school type of player at linebacker. Would be a good fit for the Gamecocks, I believe. Um, by the way, T asked, "Is Kingston on board with him playing baseball as well?" Yes, he is. It's been part of the discussion. Apparently, is a I mean, you don't you don't you don't commit to Mississippi State baseball without being a pretty darn good prospect uh, in that version or in that game as well. So um, he ha- he actually had some shoulder issues um, this past baseball season that slowed down his baseball progress, but um, certainly a, a really good ba- a base- baseball prospect, I should say, as well. Uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll keep tracking it. I-, I got a feeling, Chris, that's one of those we're just going to be tracking all the way up to the 15th and – we're going to be digging on the 14th and we're going to be digging on the 15th and trying to figure out, all right, who's this kid signing with today? Like I, he's not really a high profile kid. Like he does, he does all interview requests, which is cool for people like us, but he's not really flashy either as far as like making a big spectacle out of it. So I, um, I think it'll be, it'll be an interesting one to follow down the stretch as will Camden Brown. Let's talk Antonio Williams for a second, man. A little, little bit. I, I don't know if I would say movement, but uh, the, the the process is moving forward. Is probably the best way to say it. Clemson, as y'all know, ha, has now offered, and interesting that Dabo Sweeney will go in home today. Um, you know, I, I, you don't want to say that's that's not Clemson's final pitch by any means, but but the in home visit is a big part of any kid's process. 
And for those who don't really follow it as closely, coaches, head coaches, I should say, can only take one visit. So Clemson right now will burn theirs. Um, South Carolina is going to hold theirs a, a little bit longer as far as Shane Beamer goes, as far as going in. But Clemson's, as of today, as of tonight, will be burned. And really, it's it's kind of like what we what we thought. Clemson, South Carolina, Ole Miss, down the stretch. I get the impression at this point, and again, I don't, I don't want to try to speak for Antonio Williams. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm Chris. I'm talking about from what, just putting it all together. I got a feeling if those in the Williams household started writing pros and cons on the board for all three of these schools and teams and coaching staffs and all that, I got a feeling like they'd have some pros and some cons for all three of them. And I I think the kid really is just trying to sort through and find the, the best place for him right now. Yeah. Um, do you agree? Yeah, and, and I do think it's those three. There's not a slam dunk option. You know, some people said, and I don't know if it was a little bit of just kind of woe is me isn't a isn't a good it honestly it was a little bit of chicken little type of syndrome where when Clemson offered Antonio, people went well, he's gone, right? We see the he gone thing. People love to do that sometimes. And it wasn't necessarily the case because one of the cons there is Clemson waited a really long time to offer him. And everybody, including Antonio Williams and those close to him, they know that. They recognize that. They see it. But it's not that simple. Kids pick schools for a variety of reasons and different reasons. And it's not as simple as just here's an offer. I'm going to take it type of thing, right? So it's a complex thing. I think uh, a lot, some people have also said, well, he's going to Ole Miss. They're putting up a lot of points. He's got family ties, et cetera. I don't agree with that. I actually think that Ole Miss, they might be third now, in my opinion. I think they may have been first at one point. At one point, yeah. And so that goes to show things can evolve. Things can shift. And I think that the distance factor is there despite family ties. He lives in Columbia now. That's where his family is now. And Oxford is not a very close place for anybody who's driven it. Um, Some people would say it's not super far, but it's not 20 minutes down the road. It's not two hours up the road. It's far. Lane Kiffin's offense is tremendous, but Lane Kiffin, like Mike Leach, in a different way, different type of cat. You know, Uh, Clemson waited a long time. South Carolina, their offense, for those that didn't notice, have not played very well. So there are pros and cons to it. And I find it very interesting that Clemson is burning that official kind of begs or not official, the in-home visit with Dabo kind of begs the question of why, mm-hmm. why use it now? Yeah. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I, I can Chris, I kind of feel like if, if, if Clemson, like if Clemson had offered, if Clemson had pursued the same way South Carolina has, he's probably going to Clemson. I feel like if if South Carolina's offense had performed close to the way Ole Miss has, he's probably a slam dunk to South Carolina. If if Ole Miss was located in Columbia, South Carolina, he may you know he may be going to Ole Miss. Like I I think there's I think there's positive. I think he he loves Shane Beamer. He loves Justin Step. I think the job. Step has done recruiting him. I don't know if there's anything else you could do. You know, like every last ounce of effort has been put into it. Um, but let's be honest; it, it's it's floated around way too much for it not to be true. In my opinion, the the offense here has hurt South Carolina. The offensive output has hurt South Carolina quite a bit. So while the rest of you, pretty much everybody on this podcast right now, is waiting with, with bated breath to sort of see what w- what's the plan moving forward offensively. I imagine Antonio Williams and that household, I imagine they're paying close attention to that as well. I think that's a very safe bet to make. In all of this, 
He's also trying to win a state championship on Saturday. So, I don't know, man. As as focused, at, it is a little bit different. It, I think you're right. The decision for Dabo Sweeney to go in home tonight. I don't know. Let's just overanalyze the heck out of it. It is an interesting decision. I feel like Antonio Williams' focus right now is on Saturday night because he's that type of kid. He doesn't really get into the recruiting process. If I was Clemson, I probably would have waited. Is is there somebody more important to Clemson that Dabo's seeing next week instead? Even now with the late offer, you know, like it it makes you it makes you wonder. Well, we know there was somebody more important before that told exactly. Clemson no. Um, so yeah, to overanalyze the heck out of it, and if we want to go consp- almost pseudo conspiracy theory, it could be that. Clemson would like to get a really good feel during their in home for whether or not they're going to get Antonio Williams. And if they don't, because we know Dabo recruits in a unique way, the way that they do things, they don't have guys in for summer official visits. They offered Trenton Simpson a five star and got him right at the end. I mean, right on his official visit, hadn't even offered him yet, offered him, got him. And so they recruit in a unique way. So it could be that Dabo wants to get a good sense. Can can we get this kid? And if they don't feel like they could, maybe they move on to somebody else because they do still have a lot of cachet with receivers and with how they built their program up. That could be. We might run with that as our conspiracy theory on, on why it's going early. I can't think of another reason, to be honest with you. If – okay, let's play this out. If, if they take the, the in-home visit Thursday – uh, today, you know, which they, they are. And then Clemson offers another receiver on Sunday or Monday moving forward. That might be your answer. Gamecock Central will be lit up if that news drops. Yeah, that would be excellent news for the Gamecocks there. Uh, so we'll see. In South, South Carolina, we'll have coaches at – South Carolina's going to have coaches at every single state championship game. Um now, strategically, again, you can only take one for your head coach. If Beamer were to be at that game, that would be his one. So South Carolina will strategically hold that for an in-home visit because the head coach only gets one uh, sighting, I guess, uh, down the stretch. But um, will be will be interesting. By the way, several several Gamecock, several people with Gamecock connections playing for state championships uh, this this weekend, whether it be targets, you know, Camden, obviously, uh, Xavier McLeod, uh, several other guys on that on that team that South Carolina is looking at. Um, Sed Malone, former Gamecock walk-on, is on the Camden staff. Um, tonight, you have South Point playing. You've actually got uh, Cedric Williams, uh, former Gamecock, is on that staff. Devontae Holloman is the head coach there. Uh, Gray Collegiate has some former Gamecocks on, on staff. Um, let's see. What, what about some of this? Obviously, Dutch Fork with uh, Antonio Williams and Jarvis Green, 2023 running back there. Um, who else? Silver Bluff is in one of these title games, right? And you have Trayvon Dunbar, who does not have an offer, but is a running back we've been tracking and has visited for a game earlier this year. So – there, there should be, there should be quite a bit of little storylines that are related to South Carolina. On top of the fact that the Gamecocks are expected to have coaches at, at all of these games this weekend. Yeah, lot, lots of ties. Trayvon Dunbar, really, uh, really interesting prospect. We saw him in, in camp in camp this summer at South Carolina, so certainly one to watch. Uh, Devontae Holloman, man, I, I, I would like to see that dude get a ring. Great dude. Great, great former player for Carolina. Had his NFL career, unfortunately, cut short. That allowed him to get a jump on high school ball and uh, being a coach there. And he's done a fantastic job at South Point. So lots of Gamecock ties. I'm really looking forward to the Dutch Fort game. That could be a good one. That could be a really good one. So uh, really interested to see that. Wes, real quick, we're moving on to the next topic. We have our man, Black Knight. He's weighing in. Primal Gourmet chat line. 
Appreciate you watching the show, Black Knight. He's upset about Shane Beamer. Uh, he says Beamer's a joke. High school coach, whoever hired Beamer should be fired. Specifically, remember Black Knight came on midseason and said Beamer wouldn't win another game, and they won a couple or a few more. I can't remember if it was before the Vandy game or after. Can't remember. I'm pretty sure that's him. Black Knight, if I'm misquoting you, I apologize. They did win a couple more, but appreciate you weighing in, man. Yeah, and if if you uh, if that was you, we we'd love to hear why your opinion hasn't changed at all. Uh, seeing as how your original opinion was so far off, but uh, yeah, Devontae Holloman, as Courtney points out on our chat line, um, was head coach at both of those schools, which is pretty cool. Buford and South Point. And also, there can't be many people in South Carolina High School League history, Chris, that have won a state championship as a player and then led the same school to win a state championship as a head coach. Like, that's got to be somebody with way more knowledge of, you know, the history in the South Carolina High School League would have to answer that for us. It's got to be pretty rare land there right <laughs> it's got to be there's got to be that stat out there somewhere and Devonte holloman of course transferred into south point played his high school ball in charlotte he played for knots right at independence is that right i think that is right i think that's right we'll have to go back and look man that i'll tell you what that was a long time ago now Devonte holloman was in the 2009 class i actually started working full-time at gamecock central in the year 2009 so that class had just signed. It was uh, Holloman, Gilmore, DJ Swearinger. Pretty good class that year. But, man, that's like a long time ago. How, how fun was recruiting back then, man? That was a fun time, man. You had Sam Montgomery from Greenwood doing Sam Montgomery things. Um, interesting yeah. times. I mean, that, that, that was fun. Uh, H-Man, yes, Oklahoma tight end is in on a visit. Um, we actually talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show. If you want to go back and check that out, we did have a question and I, I'm glad, I'm glad one of you brought this up on our Prama Gourmet chat line. So much going on. I, I forget things. So we do need to talk about this. How about Chapin's own Xavier short officially getting an offer from the Gamecocks earlier this week. You know, we, we, Chris, we had seen that Carolina was going to be at Chapin Shane Beamer going to be at Chapin. I didn't know at the time, um, and I wish someone maybe would have given us a heads up on this, but I didn't know at the time, is it to see, is it, well, you can't talk to underclassmen, but we obviously know Jaden Bradford, prime target for the Gamecocks. I didn't know when I saw, oh, Chapin, is that just, you know, you're checking in, seeing what Coach Gentry has going on, uh, being seen, hey, you know, we're, we're here, Jaden, type thing. Or was it to meet with Xavier Short? Then we find out after the fact that it was to meet with Xavier Short. He gets the offer from the Gamecocks. Not at a, um, by the way, not at receiver, but more hybrid, like H-back type role. Uh, but a, a good player, man. Uh, he'll, he'll be in the tight end room. And I, I think this is just a matter of a local kid who's a good player. And you just saying, look, you, you want to take local kids who are good players, even if they're not incredibly highly recruited right now. And you don't want to be the staff that watches him go to App State and set the receiving record or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, that always drives people crazy. Um, and there's been a lot of instances of it, you know, rightfully so, of kids that, you know, I think you can take missing on a kid. You don't want to. You can take missing on a kid. That, like a Jalen Sneed, if you're Beamer and staff, you would hate to miss him, right? That would hurt. You hate it a little bit less when you get such a late jump on recruiting him and all the factors there. But if you miss on a kid that ends up being a really good player and you had a really good shot at him, you know, that's when it becomes hard to bear. And there have been certainly some instances of that. You know, uh, over time in the state of South Carolina, we've seen instances of both, but but not taking kids who then go on and do really good things at a lower level or at another school where you didn't offer or you had a chance and didn't pursue. 
And so that could be the case here. I mean, uh, short, again, he will play a different role if he ends up committing to South Carolina, play that H-back type of role. But he's been a really prolific wide receiver at Chapin. Uh, everybody there thinks extremely high of him. If you go talk to anybody, whether it's Justin Gentry, their head coach, or anybody around there, they just rave about him and his productivity. And a lot of people have been kind of scratching their heads for a while that he doesn't have have bigger offers. And so South Carolina has now jumped in. And I agree with you, Wes. I think this is the type of guy that as you look to build your program, start with some in-state guys as you're building up in terms of your recruiting profile. Well, we you know, we've seen we've seen Clemson go national. So if I'm Carolina, I go local, man. Build build the foundation with, with local kids. Like you can you can maybe find some higher upside guys trolling around in Georgia or Florida or something like that that you maybe take a chance on. But short is a really good football player. Like I, I think I think sometimes we, you know, in recruiting media and coaching staffs and stuff like that can get a little bit caught up in, you know, offers, even though coaches don't really admit to that, or just measurables and stuff like that. Whereas sometimes, sometimes if it's a local guy and he's just a good football player, um, I, like I, I feel, I feel pretty confident if Short ends up at South Carolina, he will make some type of positive impact on this program. And uh, so to me, you take if you if you fill your scholarships with guys like that, then um, that, that's a good foundation to bring to build on. Now you ultimately you know you need like the guys we were talking about earlier. You need some Lattimore's, some Gilmore's, some Clownies, some true five star difference maker type guys as well on top of it. But as far as building the foundation of your program, Xavier Short, uh, that's that's a pretty good building block type guy. And I can tell you, as as Chris said, lots of people in Chapin beyond thrilled for that kid to get that offer. Um, you know, earlier this week because it's one that he's he's wanted for for really a, a long, long time. So, congrats to him. We'll see what he does. I think he's still digesting that one, Chris. But I think it's going to be hard for him to turn Carolina down in the end. My personal opinion. Now, I think App State give them credit. They've done a great job of getting in early making him a priority, making him feel loved. I'll be curious to see if there's an official visit set up with Short and the Gamecocks here soon in these final two weeks. If um, if basically – if you see that happen, then I think that almost locks it in, that, that he'll end up uh, with the Gamecocks. Well, and, I, you know, I talked with him briefly yesterday during the day, Wes, and – he mentioned that you know, really his answer to the two main questions I asked, which were any visit plans and kind of what does this offer do? And what he said was kind of what you said, paraphrased, still digesting it, going to sit down with the family, talk over some things, not sure yet, no visit plans, but we'll talk about it. Now, before that, remember he was on campus recently for a game. And at that point it was, yes, yeah, South kind of picked up the interest a little bit, maybe an offer's coming. And the same question of what would an offer do and he was really, you could tell, kind of would be very open to it and very much wanted it. And so um, he said it would be huge, likes the Gamecocks, very close to home. So those factors are still in play. Now it's so real. You know, it's come, it's here. Now you have to sit down and start hammering out those decisions. But I definitely expect, you know, that, that South Carolina is going to have a really good shot here. Yep. So, uh, Chris, before we move on, you want to tell everybody about uh, our friends at Dead Soxie? Absolutely. So go check out the guys at deadsoxy.com. Huge catalog of men's and women's socks, all different uh, sizes, all different colors, all different kinds. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And you can get 25% off of your entire order with the promo code cocky, whether that's the spur line, the kind of uh, college socks with a little bit of USC flavor there, Wes. Check those out or anything else. Their dress socks or no shows, their athletics. Check them out at deadsoxy.com and use their promo code COCKY to get 25% off your entire order. Let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, there, there's a question I want to hit, Promagourmet chat line, about quarterbacks moving forward. Um, you know, obviously we just talked about uh, Jaden Bradford at Chapin. He's one to keep an eye on. Another one 
that I, I think you have to just go ahead and circle would be uh, Dylan Lonergan there at Brookwood. Uh, Eric Kemry was scheduled to go by there today. Again, underclassmen, so coaches can't meet directly with the kids. But um, interesting connection there. Kemry having played with um, Philip Jones, head coach there at Brookwood. And Dylan, fresh off of a South Carolina unofficial visit for the South Carolina Clemson game. I, I think he's probably emerged for that 2023 class as the quarterback for fans to at least, uh, you know, pay the most attention to. Yeah. He's uh, been on campus multiple times. Uh, we watched him throw this summer West, put on a really, uh, you know, good performance in summer camp and Gamecocks have been after him hard. You know, Eric Kimry has some connections there at Brookwood, the head coach there, Philip Jones, former Gamecock offensive lineman. And so, there's been a lot of contact ever since Shane Beamer's gotten hired. This has been a guy that you kind of circled, you know, as a guy that South Carolina was going to recruit hard. And the feeling's been mutual. Um, you know, North Carolina was a big school to watch early. Uh, they took a commitment from Tad Hudson out of their home state. That's kind of had them fall off. There have been a bunch of others in the mix. You know, a lot of programs around the south, south southeast, excuse me, and SEC. Uh, but South Carolina's consistently been there. And I so I think this is definitely – like you said, Wes, in that 23 class, this is probably the guy to circle, in my opinion. And a great football player, man. Uh, he, he's kind of – he's a pass-first guy but can run as well. Um, if those of you haven't – if you haven't watched this film, go watch this film. He is a high-level, um, borderline elite of the elite level quarterback. And we saw him throw at camp, has a certain presence about him, and, uh, you know, is a, is a type player who could – I believe help come in and and change this program if South Carolina can get him. Um, all right, y'all, Chris. I think I mean we're at fifty two minutes. Let's uh, let's close it out there. We will probably be at state championship games. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to try to be there tomorrow afternoon. So probably no show tomorrow. If if anything crazy happens over the weekend, we'll try to hop on for an emergency episode or something. But for the most part, I think we'll probably be back with you. On Monday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, we'll um, we'll let you know. We'll post something. But appreciate the support. Appreciate the sponsors. Appreciate everybody in the Promo Gourmet chat line. For Chris, I'm Wes. We'll holler at you later. <laughs>